0: Welcome to this week's edition of the UGA Sports Live Podcast. I'm very, very excited today. Uh, fall camp is here. The players report tomorrow. Practice starts on Thursday. We're actually going to get to watch a small section of uh, practice uh, coming this coming Thursday. We'll get to talk to Kirby Smart and some of the players. And everyone who's watching the show, you're here to see Coach Donnan and Dane Young talk about the Georgia football players. You don't want to hear what I have to say, but a big shout out to our sponsors who are, uh, make this show possible. Of course, Dead Soxy, Academia Brewing Company, Your Pie, and Athens Ford. We will mention each of those later in the show during the commercial breaks, which I know you guys love so much. I you know Dane's excited. He's right there in the heart of campus. Uh, get to see as Georgia prepares for the uh, uh, upcoming season, but coach is finally here. We're less than five weeks away. Uh, in 48 hours, we will be talking with Kirby smart. Uh, he, he meets us. He meets with us at 11 45 on Thursday. It's Tuesday at noon, 48 hours from now we'll be pestering him about injury reports and uh, scholarship numbers and everything else we could think of. And he'll be exacerbated with us probably about 15 minutes in, but we uh, we're excited to be able to talk to him and not, you know, This has to be an exciting time for you as a former coach, former Georgia football coach. You've been in Athens. You've had the players report. You've done the two-a-days. Talk to us about what's coming up.
1: You know, it's just a relief for any coach to have your team finally start to practice because you've had so many things. You you certainly go through your uh, repertoire of what could happen as far as injuries, academics, uh, guys just deciding to – give it up, whatever it might be, there's always some kind of surprise there. And you got to be able to roll with the punches and get your squad ready. But your whole deal is the first three weeks is not work on your first opponent, but just uh, analyze your team and what you need to do to uh, get them ready physically uh, and also the mental part of installation. Uh, As we've talked about, the people that watch this show most of the time understand that uh, the installation process is a lot better and further along than normal because you have the kids here throughout the summer and a lot of them in May. So a lot of this will be just kind of repetitious as they start over, installing the offense and defense and special teams. Uh, but the other thing is just uh, the competitive nature of uh, the sport. Now it's going against each other, all the drills. You're always competing against another guy, your position for your position, but also to show how you play with the other 10 guys out there because some guys look good individually, but have a hard time, uh, playing the role of giving up something to, to help another player and all that. But I think our team is really, uh, unselfish. They got something to prove because everybody's talking about who we lost and there's nothing you can do about the guys that aren't here, but you can sure do something about the ones that are so, uh, So I think uh, just for the fans out there, our players will report tomorrow uh, and they will stay in one place together there at the uh, educational place across the street there. The the Georgia Center. The Georgia Center. That's where they stay the night before the games. But the reason they do that is just tremendous focus on everything football. You don't have anything to worry about, social issues, academics, anything, but it's 24-7 football for about a week. And you know exactly what everybody is doing every night. Uh, you've got them under cur- strict curfew and uh, you can control uh, making sure that they get the uh, proper rest, but also uh, can do a better job uh, with their rehab if they have an injury or starting to protect them uh, from uh, being tired and everything by, by really controlling their sleep and everything. So it's a really controlled environment. and. The other thing that I mentioned to somebody that uh, was talking to me, I don't know if it was a Chick-fil-A or where some people come up to you and ask you, but how did the players handle the heat? Well, that's one of the real big advantages of having an indoor facility is the fact that you don't spend the whole time inside, but uh, you can start and do a lot of uh, individual stuff outside and then come inside to finish up, and when you're tired – you're not worried as much about uh, the heat and all. You can concentrate on being a good team member, or sometimes they'll do the individual inside and then go outside for conditioning. They get plenty of conditioning, but I do think that that really helps the, uh, the kids recover better. They're not near as tired. And the second thing is the mandate by the NCA a couple of years ago to eliminate so many concussions is you have controlled, uh, practices where you can have contact and you, you kind of go into it very slowly. They'll go out the first couple of days without anything on. And then, they'll, I mean, they'll have some clothes on, but they'll put on the, put on these uh, spider pads, which are just kind of just protective things that they put over their arms and legs. But And then they're allowed to put on the shoulder pads and, and helmets, and then they go with full pads. But the, uh, the biggest part that they've changed is only one practice a day you can have a walkthrough, which is simulated practice where they'll do that inside and they'll go out there and just walk through what they're getting ready to install that, that day and go over what they mistakes they made from the previous practice. So 29 practice opportunities before the Oregon game. And we'll have all of those uh, taken care of. You have to take off one day a week for uh, mandated too. So you've got six practices a week. So that's pretty much all I got right now. I've, I've tried to, <laughs> spill my guts out, but that's pretty much it. Coach, from a macro level,
2: I, I know that you've try to see which players plug into the offense here who's going to be starting there there's a couple spots those kinds of things but from a micro level what are players specifically working on for themselves how does a coach say i I want you to get up to this weight or maintain this or uh, this is what your focus needs to be for the fall how does that communication go so players know what specifically for them that they're working on for the next three weeks
1: Well, you're you're checking out my economics background with that macro and micro, but uh, I I think uh, certainly from an individual perspective, uh, each coach will talk to the players uh, before individually, uh, before they have a team meeting here on Wednesday and say, this is where you are and this is where you stand in the grand scheme of things. You're either, you know, we're really expecting you to contribute or, it's going to take you a little while. You've got to work with a scout team, but here's what, here's the optimum weight that you've performed better. And, and and we want you to be at this weight and we're going to weigh you daily. This is the GPS that you perform better. You know, they have the, they, they go on their speed and quickness during practice. And, you know, I think you can continue that, but maybe get a little better. And uh, you need to work on your blocking technique or you need to work on better footwork or whatever it might be, but it's a good individual challenge to, to say, this is where you stand. And I think one of the best things that Kirby Smart does that I, I think anybody in a, in a management role should do in, with your employees is tell them exactly where they stand. Don't give them any false praise or any false encouragement. Say, look, this is what, where you are. This is what I, I think you can maybe make this year, but – more than anything uh, you've got to realize that these guys are ahead of you and unless you just make a, a really big jump you're going to have to keep improving and, and work at it you know th- he was talking to Jordan Davis his first year look you're just out of shape you've got to get stronger uh, uh conditioning wise and you can really help us but until you do you're going to have to go down there on a the scout team and work your butt off and you know I've seen many guys like that have, have really hung in there and done well. You look at William Poole, Robert Bill, over and over, guys that are coming back. So I would suggest to any manager or, or any guy and employee uh, that's having little issues, bring them in and tell them what you want. I mean, t- this is what you got to do instead of just letting it fester. And also uh, very, very important to uh, – for a guy to know where he stands and uh, what he's got to do to be productive. And I would add this. There's a lot of pressure on a young man here at Georgia, outside the, the, Georgia's, the system here, from his hometown people, from uh, family, from whoever it might be. You know, hey, why aren't you playing? Why aren't you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. You know, you were great in high school, blah, blah, blah. And uh, as soon as a kid can understand it, you can't really worry about the outside noise. I mean, more people want you to fail than they want you to succeed because they they just are jealous of you being here. And then there's a lot of them that support you and all. But the general tendencies, well, I knew you wasn't gonna make it easy, you know, big fish in low and little pond, all that. But and you gotta prove it to everybody. But uh, it's a very competitive situation out there. We got some guys that could be playing for a lot of teams in the country that aren't playing for for us. But I would say that in the first meeting, Kirby Smart's going to tell their team how fortunate you are to be a member of this team. You could go in a lot of places in the country and play, but you're playing here because I want you here.
0: Yeah, we actually, well, to your point, when we asked Kirby about some of these guys, he will mention specifically when they – he asked for extra work on the scout team. He went down there and worked with those guys to get a few extra reps. Uh, no one Smith comes to mind. And to your point about sometimes these players are told exactly where they stand. Remember, Stetson Bennett was told a couple of years ago, we don't see a lot of playing time for you this year. And he stuck it. And they, they were very, very, very clear with him. They said, we just don't see it. Now he wound up uh, saving George's bacon in the, uh, against Arkansas and played a lot of games that year. But for the guys that uh, – you, you can never say that Georgia lies to these players when they're basically told right up front, yay, you know, like you said with Jordan Davis, you're out of shape. you got to get stronger. And then all of a sudden we kept hearing these numbers coming about uh, out about Jordan Davis in the uh, weight room, you know, putting throwing up some huge numbers. It actually hurt his back. But point being, Coach, you're dead on when it comes to laying out exactly what they uh, – Yeah, that's, and I saw, uh, I saw something yesterday, uh, a little clip somebody –
1: sent me on the weight room, and uh, two things happen during the summer. You, you try to max out and see what you what you can do, and then they also have a pro day uh, where they simulate what they would do at the combine, so they have an idea going into the season uh, based on preseason what your chances would be of coming out early. And you're not going to come out if you don't have good numbers at the, at the combine that we have. But also uh, you want to see how you do as far as uh, your strength gains. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be the strongest guy on the team. But if you're a defensive back, maybe you're a little bit better on taking blocks and you've gotten better at, uh, you know, your lower body and all that. But the three guys that really just uh, stood out in the weights as far as strong, you call strong man on the team would be. Jalen Carter, uh, Dylan Fairchild, and uh, Branson Robinson. I think they just had some massive weight uh, uh, deals yesterday or two days ago. And then just some uh, unbelievable power cleans by uh, Bowers and Munden to show the explosive strength that those two guys have as tight ends and uh, linebackers. So uh, there's a little stuff there that I don't think I'm really divulging anything there, but – you Maybe. mean to tell me that Branson Robinson is good in the weight room? <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, but he had to do it. I mean, he had to come in here with these other guys. But uh, I did see uh, Roddy or somebody send me that thing where I projected Jalen Carter uh, a couple years ago before he got here as being a really good player. And that kind of made me chuckle. But what, I really wasn't he going to –
0: When he was 16 years old, Coach, you don't have one year on defense.
1: Yeah, I was – that was – I really that's pretty cool that uh, Jalen's developed like that. And, and, uh, you know, he's kind of quiet in his own way. He doesn't do it. They don't, you don't see him on these uh, interviews. I'm sure they'll have him here, but uh, the guy is a man child. I mean, he is a massive human being that can run. He's just, uh, I don't think you'll see a guy like him very often in, uh, in college football. He's just an unbelievable talent. And, he brings his lunch pail every day. I mean, those guys out there on offense, I mean, they don't really like to see him on the other side of the ball. But, you know, hey, if you can work, it makes you better. You know, it's really helped McClendon going against him all the time and uh, and Jones. I mean, it's it's a war against that guy every day.
0: Well, we'll talk about the, the guys that are having to go up against Jalen Carter. And uh, now I'm thinking about Smile Munden and that, uh, that explosiveness. He and Brock Bowers. That is a – that's a tough lift, and you do well, well in that. And that
1: is one of the best things to you know for your explosive strength. And uh, I don't know if that's macro or micro. <laughs> <something, but laughs> that's, that's, that's the macro kind of, of
2: concepts you learn it. when you're a good general manager. Coach. Hey, I like it.
1: I mean, you, you got to make those uh, – you got to make that money work over there. Are you doing the good? I, I love those – the way you challenge me. It's just <laughs> – uh,
2: And that's me working from the journalism school. Just imagine what I could do from other places with
1: economics. You got to call Jerry Moore and let you work the night classes.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Oh, uh, uh, I do want to mention you spoke about making money. I'm wearing my Bud Light Salsa shirt. And I've got another shirt here from our friends at uh, the 7-6, Coach. Uh, I was going to
2: ask you about that because that thing looks
1: nice. Silver britches, that's good. I mean, that thing big too. Who's that
0: for? Uh, Omar the 10 maker? It, well, I'm holding it up to the camera. It is an XL, I won't, so it'll fit my big fat butt. But, you uh, did
2: have the crease over the R in britches, and it said something else for a second there. Hey,
0: be nice. <laughs> be nice. Yeah. The R there. So uh, just shout out to our friends at the 76 um, Apparel, and of course, you, by can, my give that,
1: you can give that. Uh, shirt the way that thing said without the R in it, you could take it over the redstone and give it to some of those ladies. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be fighting over it. Over uh, it. The silver bitches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what were you going to say about it? I was going to
0: say both of the Bud Light Seltzer and uh, our friends at the 7-6 are going to sponsor our watch-along show this year. So 7-6 um, you know, been-
1: going to sponsor too?
0: Well, they, he said he wants to get back into it. I'm not sure you're going to do all the games or which ones, but. Of yeah, course, that's good. That's, that's good. good. They, did, they did a few last year, and we got to wear their shirts. So I just wanted to yeah. give uh, a chance to the folks over there a shout out for the cool shirt they sent us. So, I hope we can still have it. I mean, you bought all this new equipment. I hope somebody else sponsored this. So I am saying we got we're working on sponsorships. Sponsorships are available, folks, to do the watch along. But hey, we're actually talking watch along because the season's here. It's less than five yeah, minutes. I, I need to know if we're going to have it because these
1: guys you are trying to clean up that me. basement trying to get me to go to this Oregon game, uh, you know,
0: I, I'm going to, I have to know something here, but Hey, what are we going to talk about too deep next? What's the deal? Yeah, I do want to talk about too deep uh, uh, real quick. We were facing, you mentioned having to face Jordan Davis. I mean, not Jordan Davis. Uh, Jalen Carter every day in practice. And then I'm thinking smile Monday and his explosiveness. We mentioned last week when there's a little more, there are a lot more questions about on the defense as to who is on the too deep and where all these guys line up. And we went nose, out you know and then did the uh, secondary as well kind of want to do the same thing with the offense today coach if you kind of just go position by position and give us the what you think the two deep's going to be or maybe dane young our general manager can do it you know yeah, yeah. You well know.
2: let's take a guess and then coach can tell me where i'm an idiot how about that? okay there well,
0: dane, you go the thing that dane's going to do he's going to read it out
1: and i'm going to have to go by memory so out, <laughs> he, well, dane, he's not reading anything see those eyes he's, going back he's got back. a list there he's going to look at but uh uh, I think it's good. Go for it. I mean, there's it, it, really not but a couple questions who the second team guys are. The first team, is, I mean, there's a guy over here in kindergarten that can tell you that. So uh, go for it, man.
2: All right. So let's start with this quarterback.
1: <laughs> Stetson Bennett and Carson Beck. Yeah, I mean, there's you know Beck's had a good last year. I mean, he's worked hard. We'll just have to see. There's going to be a fight for that second position. They're going to open it up and see how uh, Vandergriff can do, But uh, which it should be. I mean, you just can't give it to him. But uh, certainly Beck uh, has played a lot of ball here and knows the system. And Bennett, as we mentioned on a couple of shows maybe, I don't remember if, how, how long ago, but I think he's going to really prosper from having all this summer work, spring work, and, now the fall camp working with the, with the guys as compared to not doing anything and just going out there and being taken over the quarterback job, the week of the game, as as he really showed a lot of grit and determination. And as we mentioned, he, he just, uh, field generally knows the offense in and out. He's he's got a really good memory on things. And, uh, just, uh, I think we'll see a lot of mobility in their quarterback with him back there and a lot of things they can do. So, Go ahead. and Let's go. I mean. I'm
2: going to drop a hot take in here. Stetson Bennett's going to be a Heisman finalist.
1: You know, if we win like we can, they always look at stars on each team. Uh, You know, Bowers is going to be there. Uh, You don't know if he's going to get less catches with uh, Gilbert and uh, Darnell out there. But uh, there's no question. I mean, I'm not going out on a limb. we got three of the top ten, maybe three of the top six players in the country. And uh, Bowers and – and Carter and uh, Keely Ringo, I I would say, tops at their position in in the country.
2: At running back, the two deep I think is pretty simple with Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton, although at running back you tend to play four guys. So, you know, I think it's going to be those guys with Edwards and probably one of the freshmen getting some decent carries too.
1: Yeah, I think the big question is, can Edwards uh, keep Robinson and uh, Tommy Paul? Uh, What was Paul's first name? Andrew Paul.
2: Tommy Paul's the wrestler and YouTube star. Look at Coach with his YouTubers.
1: I mean, I get Tommy Paul. You know, he's had some good wins this year, Tommy. Uh, He's playing good, but he can't ever win and win a big match. Oh, that's a tennis player. I'm
2: thinking of a different one. Yeah, you're right. That is not
1: a singer or something.
2: No, I'm talking about one of the YouTube stars. I think there's two Tommy Pauls.
1: Yeah, well. The the one
2: time you talked tennis and I didn't track with you.
1: Well, he – Tommy Paul's a macro tennis player. <laughs> uh, so Not we'll a, walk, tennis player, think, a macro
2: tennis player, a macro tennis player. I think, think player.
1: what you got to do is look look hard at those three guys and see who can uh, be somebody you can depend on. But all five of them have a good shot at being, uh, you know, uh, great special teams players too. And uh, we're going to be really good there. Our punter's got to come along. But but I would say those that's good that now we'll go to the receivers and uh, –
2: so I don't know how you want to break up receivers. I'd tend to like a cluster because I know these guys can play multiple you spots. Got,
1: you got a slot, of, you got a slot, of flanker, and a split end, and you can—they're all interchangeable. But uh,
0: yeah,
2: so I'd like the first group out there to me ends up being 80 Mitchell, Marcus Verosmi, Jack Saint, Lad McConkey, and I think behind them you probably have Arian Smith coming
1: in for slot stuff. Yeah, um, and then you got Kyrus Jackson's in the mix. Jackson, and then you also got Blaylock. Those are the top six right there. So, yeah, so how,
2: do you, how do you determine the order of the – because like you said, multiple of those guys can play all the – like Ladd McConkey can play all the spots. Based, but. On, the,
1: based on the history here, I don't know how, uh, how McClendon, the new coach, B-Mac's going to do, but we run a lot of guys in and out at wide receiver, and we run certain plays with certain receivers where, uh, you know, they're, you got the right guy in the game for what you want to do. I mean, it might be a guy running a – a Reed route over the middle. It might be Kierris Jackson doing it, or it might be a guy like McConkey going deep over the middle as a slot, or you want a guy to run a banana route on the outside, and that might be A.D. Mitchell, and you want to run a deep ball, it might be uh, Arian Smith. I mean, you can't just make it specific like that on every play, but when the band's playing and you got to have it, a lot of times you'll do that. Hey, put this guy in for this. He's the best we we got the best shot of him doing that, and we'll see a lot of that with these three tight ends too, with uh, Bowers uh, and, and Gilbert and uh, Washington moving around. So that takes care of those guys. So the next well,
0: thing, Coach, go back to the tight ends for a second. You go at you're going twelve personnel. Who are the first two you send out?
1: You know, it's a, you could you could have a fork in the road and. You could go the right or the left. You know what I mean. I mean, you're
2: asking Washington or Gilbert, and Washington's a better blocker. So if it's me, I'm going Bowers and and Washington. Um, could I be wrong in that? We'll see. But but you yeah, have I'm Bowers in the game,
0: field. game one. Then by
1: I game two, game three, it's all different. I think you might be typecasting Gilbert too much, saying he's not as good a blocker. He might not be as good a blocker as uh, as Darnell, as Washington, but he he certainly closes Bowers. Yeah, I agree with that. So. uh you just, you just, I'd say those all three are interchangeable. I don't see we got a
0: first team tied in. myself. So. Okay. So you just, you basically just got those three kind of. Uh, the answer is to go 13 personnel,
1: right? <laughs> Bowers, can, Bowers can play so many other positions. And a lot of times uh, I could see us playing one of those guys and calling 11 personnel and putting, putting two of those guys in the game and running those plays. You know what I mean? So you could, have two tight ends and one wide receiver. Even though it's twelve to, to the people, you might be running eleven concept.
2: Or could you do twelve with Gilbert as your wide receiver? I mean, that's a rhetorical question.
1: And <laughs> that's why you can do anything you want with Gilbert. You, you, I mean, guys, a, he's he's just like Bowers. I mean, he he can do go in motion. He can line up wide. He can do everything. He's in good shape. He's had a great. He really, as Kirby talked about at the SEC meetings, he did a good job taking advantage of both Bowers and Washington being hurt. So he got an inordinate amount of reps. And in the, in the meantime, Delp and Seether and uh, and Goody got a lot of reps too. And then Goody got hurt. But we, we got him stacked up like Cordwood and tied in. Realistically, at receiver, what can you
2: expect from uh, Dom Blaylock?
1: I think we're going to get a good shot from him. I, I mean, he's, you know – had a chance to work hard in the weight room and, uh, and refigure his hamstrings. What happened is they keep checking your, your leg strength because your knee might be tight and you've had a good repair, but because you've been off your leg, you don't have the corresponding things to work with it. Like the strength in the hamstring or the quadriceps and all, they're not just going to let you go back out there until you can test the strength there because it, it just doesn't have enough support. And he never got to the point last year where his quads and his hand were good enough there at the end maybe a little bit. But uh, I see a big year from uh, Kiaris first and then maybe Blaylock kind of having a role. But as, as we know, the year that he played, he never dropped a pass that he touched. I mean, he's money. And he's very crafty going over the middle. And when you got a quarterback that can run play action – uh, if you just envision a defense there where my hand here is the wide receiver on the weak side and he's clearing out and there's a cornerback over there playing deep and then there's a safety in the middle. A guy runs what we call a V route where he, he starts up there at the middle and then kind of goes over to the outside where that, where that corner had just left and he just got to fill it between 15 and 18 yards between the hash and the numbers. Uh, Dom's as good as anybody at reading that, but McConkie's good at it too. Uh, you know, you just got to feel, uh, but behind those linebackers in front of the safety, but just kind of get in between and you can just lob it up there because the linebackers have come up on the run fake. So, so much more for my hands, but man, he can run a V route. He's strong on it.
2: I asked about him specifically only because I think most people probably forget just because time allows this. How good he was in his freshman yeah. season in nineteen yeah. because
1: he, he was one of George's best players period yeah he he's a good kid too and uh, as much as I want it for George, I want it for him because I've seen how hard he's worked to rehab I mean you have two two ACL injuries I mean it's just that's just devastating but you saw white come back from it uh, he's over there with the Raiders now and uh, I, I think certainly we got three other receivers. That coming up, you know, Dylan Bell's got good size. He wasn't here for spring practice. Ck or Cy, what's it? Ck Smith, uh, another CJ. I mean, I don't know those names. CJ. He's a micro receiver, so uh, he he can go. I was I don't know if he's micro or micro, but uh, he can go to you know good speed and size. And then we know Marset was here and took advantage of. Those guys being out in the spring too, and got some good reps. So those guys are going to help us out the yeah. road. But I think those are the six. And let's don't forget about Rosemary Jackson. I mean, that guy is a physical receiver that can really go up and get the ball. And uh, he'll he'll be heard from. He'll he'll be really good. I just don't think we'll have anybody with a lot of big numbers because we're going to spread it out so much. But uh,
0: yeah, I kind of do them by pairs, coach. When I think of uh, the. Uh, and this will be the last bit on the uh, wide receivers, I think of the, the two kind of seniors coming back, and Kiers Jackson, Don Blaylock, you know, who've been injured and people kind of forgot a little bit about. Then you had Ladd McConkey and uh, A.D. Mitchell, who had such a big year last year. And then you look at the two guys that were injured who are kind of in that mid-range in Arian Smith and Marcus Roseby, Jack Saint, you know, guys that have proven they can do it. And you got they have so much potential, and you're just waiting for all six of them, you know, which pair of those are really going to blow up. Speaking of pairs, let's move on to the offensive line. Uh, Really, I guess yeah. The two D question is more. It's going to be a lot tougher when you get to the guards. You know, you know who your starters are at tackles and center, but when you start getting to the guards, that is going to be well. Let's start
2: with the tackles then. So I think we all agree Broderick Jones and uh, Warren McClendon have those spots. Don't read
0: this stuff.
1: Go about you the micro. Don't read it, man. Tell us. No, go ahead and read it out.
2: Warren McLennan and Broderick Jones will be starting a tackle. So it's then who's behind them. I think Amarius Mims is obviously first off the hoof, but then who's back up left tackle. That's
1: the On question. On Green will be probably the guy. He had a good spring. He was here all spring, worked hard. Massive guy and uh, got good feet. Uh, I think we could also take Truss and put him out there in an emergency. He's played tackle before, but uh, – Coach Searles is putting, the, you know, trying to get the best five out there. So those are the guys that that'll probably be the tackles, uh, backups, and uh, we'll see how uh, things go from there. But uh, guard wise, you know, you got a, a mix there with Ratlitz back coming off an injury. Uh, you know, Erickson's coming back off an injury in the spring, but Erickson can also play backup center. And, and then you've got Willock and Truss. I mean, that's a good, good little uh, group there. You also got Michael, uh, Micah Morris, and you've got the Wilson. So all of these guys could have, get in a mix there. And what's great is you're going against the defense all the time, so you're getting a lot of reps. So you do what we call a two-spot, like ones will be going against twos on one end and twos will be going against ones on the other end, doing the same drill you know as far as the coaches you know you're going against good players every down and you're not standing over there watching you, you know what i'm saying so we could have a like a inside uh, period where the uh, you know instead of uh, getting eight reps alternating you get 16 working on two fields so it's very good good teaching and good ability to watch the tape and analyze i
2: don't even think coaches know so this is probably like Reckless speculation here. I'm guessing it's Willock and Ratledge that start, and then we see what happens from there.
1: You're saying you don't think the coaches know? You're just saying what the. I, men... I'm
2: saying I don't know that that's fully baked out yet. I think fall camp, at least from what I've been told, that like a lot of that's happening. And I'm oh, saying that it. if I have to take a guess of how that's going to yeah. end up,
1: a lot of it, Willock a, lot and of a lot of it's going to have to do with Ratledge. If, if you know how his foot responds and if he can go in there and be the player he was you know a lot of times it takes a little time, little but uh, as much as people kind of look at erickson like they do uh, stetson bennett i mean they're looking for reason for him not to play i'm talking about Reed, but erickson is very good he knows what to do he's a technician and uh, he's going to be in the hunt trust just got to be a little more consistent and willock is a very powerful uh, uh, has really streamlined his body but uh, I would say right now truss and uh, Erickson are probably a little bit ahead just because uh, experience we don't know about rattledge if he if rattledge is is the old rattledge he, he's a premier guy but we got to see so it'll be a it'll be a really good deal to see and it'll be very competitive
2: and then two deep at center, Cedric Van Pran is the starter, no doubt. And then behind him, Warren Erickson. And I guess behind him, Blasky. That tends yeah. to be how it's been.
1: If something happened to Erickson, uh, Van Praan, Erickson to go in there because he was a starter going into the Clemson game, and then he hurt his hand, and Van Pran took the took the ball and ran with it. Never got, you know, he never could get back in there, but he came back as a guard. But that's a good call. That's, you got it right there, GM.
2: that's an easy one it's the guard that i think is is the hardest thing and i think that's what georgia has to work out too overall that's a lot of your offense that you feel really really good about even with the two deep
1: yeah i mean you can let that second dean go play in the sec and do pretty good i think
0: well there's a speaking of uh, the offense uh, we had five bold predictions from uh our man, Brent Rollins. Uh, Anthony Dasher posted a story earlier in the week five questions that I'm uh, on the offense that we need to, we were hoping to see answered by the time fall camp's over. Well, to kind of counterpoint that, uh, Brent Rollins went in at ujsports.com and made five bold predictions about the offense, one of which Dane's already stolen because, you know, that's how he rolls. So uh, go check hey, it maybe out. Maybe Brent texted me about those before well,
1: he it. Well, Hey, tell me, can, can you tell them without reading them there,
2: Dane? Can I tell you the the five, five predictions? Yeah. Oh, do we want to save that for our members at UGASports.com? Or?
1: I don't care. I mean, you know, Roddy puts a, puts a lemon in your mouth and takes it <laughs> out. I mean, if we are we supposed to read that or what? I tell you, I'll tell you
2: this. I, I run through them, Coach, and then people can go hear the explanations. I'm showing it here uh, for the people over at UGASports.com to go check it out. We can take it out. People can go read the explanations. Brent says the points per game record will be broken meaning that Georgia will average uh, 41.4 points per game or more.
1: Yeah, good shot at that. What else?
2: Brock Bowers will be even better, but his numbers won't be quite as
1: good. Could happen with those other guys out there.
2: Uh, No receiver will break Terrence uh, Terrence Edwards' receiving record of 1,004 yards. He's pretty much saying uh, that Georgia will not have a a receiver with 1,000 yards.
0: There's more to that one, so people need to check that out because the combinations of – uh, four other receivers having crazy numbers will be good. People love that. Right. I mean, that that's pretty much
1: going to be true to the rest of the... I mean, we just spread it out, that's for sure. That's good by Brent. What else do you got? Is he going to say David pollock's going to be on ESPN? <laughs> He's got
2: Stetson Bennett as a Heisman finalist.
1: No, I sure hope so.
2: Uh, and then, let's see. He's got Arian Smith. I'm trying to see exactly what what he ended up writing about it. I think he's saying that Aaron Smith may end up being Georgia's leading receiver in terms of yards, but people will have to go read it for themselves.
0: Well, he's about, when Aaron Smith comes back, it'll be – uh,
1: He catches a lot of deep balls. I hope he can stay healthy. Uh, really, when you look at Aaron Smith, probably the fa- – you kind
0: of look at him as one of the top three fastest guys in America, isn't he? Yes, sir, he is. On, on the football field but yep. folks if you want to read that just go to ujsports.com if you're not a member we're giving you the entire month of august for free if you type in promo code kickoff 2022 it's uh uh really really simple uh, yeah i mean you give it this is a free podcast then people get yeah, it yeah they get all this for free but if you want to read the stuff behind the paywall the uh, recruiting updates some really good recruiting updates from the big recruiting weekend that georgia had this past weekend the uh uh, opinion pieces, the analysis pieces that our guys do the filmed on lie pieces, all that stuff is behind the paywall. Uh, we're going to, we'll have, we're gonna have practice reports. Um, uh, practice. Huh? You get to watch practice Thursday. Uh, like, yeah, I mentioned earlier, we had part of it. So
2: exactly 42 seconds worth of practice. <laughs> I'm joking.
0: No photos or videos of practice, but we do get to go out there and make our, uh, some practice observations that we will have on UJ sports. And you can, uh, use kickoff use promo code kickoff twenty twenty two to check that out. Uh, go ahead,
1: Coach. I think it's good that you could go out there and recognize the players once in a while, Roddy. I mean you I mean, since you're the head of the website, you ought to know who the players are. Well, hey, yeah, we, so, we give
2: Georgia grief, but like Georgia typically actually lets you watch some practice drills. It's not for long. I get that. But when I, when I would cover Auburn, they would let you watch for longer. But a lot of it would be just a little warm-up line where they're essentially doing jumping jacks and high kicks. And I'm like, well, you don't get anything out of that.
1: Nah, it's, a tough, it's a tough deal for the coach. I mean, I got to take up for Roddy and them that wanting to watch it. But at the same time, the coaches, they got a lot of stuff they don't want you to know. I mean, that's just part of it. But, I, I mean, it's – I think maybe they should give a little bit more to you, but at the same time, I don't think you need to worry about it as much as you do.
0: Yeah, I would like to actually be able to take pictures and share the photos with the fans. That would, you know, that's a that's bugs me. Right, you, you do it during the games, all right? <laughs> exactly. Well, we we'll get to watch along during the games. <laughs> all right. All right, hey, we we're talking about the depth the depth chart, coach. And I got a new uh, a new winner from my friends at pie that you're going to need to check out. So, so you, know, you know what. I always talked about your pie. You know, I, I get the Southern heat, you know, then uh, my, my no-no's Italian sandwich and I've got my favorites over your pie, but we have a new contender over our friends at your pie and today's uh, double points Tuesday. So be sure to order this new pizza on your phone. It's called the Cubano. You can get it in the 10 inch or 14 inches. It has, uh, you know, you have your crust then you have olive oil, mozzarella cheese, ham, bacon, pickles, feta, uh, house pickled jalapenos. So they make they're making their own jalapenos, a spicy uh, dijonaise sauce, and Texas peat seasonings on it. This is a cubano. This pizza sounds amazing. Mozzarella, ham, bacon, pickles, feta, house pickled jalapenos, uh, dijonaise sauce, and Texas peat seasoning. So new a specialty pizza from our friends at your pie. You need to check that out. It's probably going to jump right into the start and rotation because that thing looks amazing.
2: It's really cool how they come up with these. They do these like craft series. So it's your pie uh, ownership and your pie chefs that come up with these ideas and then they share it with their uh, company. And then some of them come back annually, like the peach and prosciutto. But this is really cool that it's innovation that happens within the people that, that run your pie restaurants. Yeah. And speaking of
0: innovation, I want to mention our friends over at Dead Soxy because they innovate with you know the true state technology, so your socks don't fall down all the time. They have that detailed craftsmanship to make things, you know, uh, just so the seams aren't everywhere and annoying, and they just they they make them from uh, really great uh, yarn. Uh, the, it, they just fit. They're they're breathable. As hot as nine hells outside, you're wearing your Dead Soxy socks. Your feet aren't you you know, are sweating through them. Uh, so fantastic socks, high quality craftsmanship, and they have really neat designs. You know, I've got a pair that one of our uh, readers at UGA Sports uh, won recently. I'm about to send those out to him, and then they come, you know, packaged really, really well. You know, with like the dead socksy stuff I and mean, crazy envelope just for a pair of no-shows. I mean, that's just if you're if you're gonna send these to somebody, they're gonna look good. It's like you send them socks; it's not gonna come in just a a plastic wrapper. So they send stuff in these great boxes. The presentation's good. And so if you've got friends who are Georgia fans, they have great red and black socks over there. If you have uh, co-workers who are LSU or Old Miss or Alabama fans, they have socks for them as well. And of course, then they just have dress socks for the office. So check yeah. out the socks and they'll take good care of you. All right, I know we have a ton of questions, Dane. Let's start uh, burning through some of those and a shout out to everybody in the comments section. Who's uh, uh, sharing this it means a lot to us and we'll try to get to some of your questions as well from strange Noah who
2: are your fall camp surprises on offense and defense it does not have to be a newcomer
1: oh, 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 oh. yeah starting out with the easy ones defensively I think somebody's going to surprise us at corner among those guys that uh, kind of like last cool. year, we're going to have to have a pleasant surprise because we, we haven't an, don't have an established corner beside Ringo uh, so I, I would say of those new guys Singletary uh, uh, Everett uh, you know we're gonna have to see one of those guys jump out there and uh, maybe they will who knows but that, that would be one thing and then uh, I say Malachi starts back there at safety just made a big big jump in the spring compared to where he started you know he'd been a Two way player in high school Jefferson and just saw the immense improvement he made under Will Muschamp back there coaching him every day. He's really a tremendous athlete. Uh, yeah, I can see him doing something at safety. And then uh, on offense, Ernest Green going to have to step up. I mean, he's a true freshman, and uh, he, he may not be a surprise, but he really will have to come come on strong. And and I think my biggest surprise on offense will be dom blaylock i just think he's gonna come out there and do some things that he used to do and uh, make our offense better
2: on offense i'm gonna go branson robinson and my other this is probably more long term but i think jared wilson's gonna end up being a guy georgia needs either late this year or maybe that goes into next year Uh, on defense javon bullard i know a lot of
0: people don't talk about him but when he's played he's been really solid good player yeah, I'm I'm going Dylan Bell, true freshman wide receiver out of Texas on offense. Give me that young man, and then on uh, defense, give me uh, uh, Jalen Walker, a true freshman again on as inside linebacker. Don't expect any of those guys to have huge, crazy seasons. I mean, they'll get in later in the games, but I think when we're doing the show next year, we'll be talking about hey, these guys are coming back and be really excited about those two.
1: So both you guys tell me how I can have a list of people to look at like you do when your eyes are watching and reading these. How can I do that while i on the show? Where do you have that? You, you, you're you the coach. You don't get to
0: have the list like this. That's not fair. I know, but
1: I, that's total
0: recall for me, and I don't remember. I would I, say I, I like watching. Full disclosure, I don't have the roster up in front of me right
1: now. I don't I'm either.
0: Dead Soxie. <laughs> right, be- okay, okay. Jalen
1: Walker, <laughs> I think everybody should put him in there. I, I forgot him. So let's go to another question. That's a very thought yeah. provoking though. from strict
2: dog seven coach. What type of running game should Georgia expect this season? What formations and strategy do you think Todd Munkin deploys?
1: Yeah, I think we're going to have an outstanding running game. Two reasons. Our line's very good and uh, our quarterback can check off to the best RPO or the best run run action one way or the other. Uh, That's one reason. And then the other reason is just uh, formation wise, you just have ability as a play caller to dictate the defense. Uh, You know, most defenses have their base calls and their checks and everything. But you start putting some funky formations up there, then they're going to have to limit what they do. So preparation for us is going to be very difficult because you don't know if we're going to come out three wides, three tight ends two backs, three, we're just going to be very versatile, but I would say one of our best formations will be some type of wing with a slot to the field and letting that tight end go in motion to make it trips or coming back to make it a wing. And I think we'll have a very strong power game into the boundary, running the uh, split zone. And also the toss sweep. It's not the traditional toss sweep where you have a fullback, but, and then play out play action off of that. And then, uh, Our best running game overall would probably be two tight ends balanced where you have two wides and two tights. Now the defense has got to declare. they got to balance up. Who are they going to take with their safety? So that's what I would do.
2: Both of those give you that fun jet play with Bowers where he can actually get the handoff
1: and just run, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, give it to
1: him. Uh,
0: Uh, That was a master class. Thank you, Coach. That was a really good answer. Bowers is –
2: You mean mine wasn't that good, Roddy? I appreciate it. Not no, it was, I mean, it, it was
1: good. Uh, it was very uh, – you can do a flow chart on the economics on yours. <laughs> well,
2: I'll give you a meta question here. This is from uh, SLT it's Dog. Meta,
1: meta, M-E-T-A.
2: Meta. I'm not talking about the Facebook ownership group anymore. Besides quarterback, what position on offense would you always like to have settled early in fall camp? And he's guessing left tackle would be
1: your answer. I would say center uh, just because I'm not trying to – Go against him. Left tackle certainly a, de- a definite, but uh, everybody takes for granted the quarterback center exchange and and also the shotgun snap. But anything would irritate you more than a than a drop snap or a ball over your head. I don't know what it might be. It's got to be it's got to be routine. And some guys can not snap it and step and block at the same time, and some guys can't remember the snap count. And even though they could be a good center. So he's got to be able to read the defense, help the quarterback on the protection, snap the ball and remember the snap count and then to be an effective blocker. So hard to come by in today's game where you got to block those guys on you and what we call snatch. You know, you, you take a real quick step with your right or left foot, snatch a one technique. He, um, Van Pran's great at it.
2: From Doth the Dog. Coach, did you ever have a player that you knew was game-ready after just one practice of fall camp? If so, who was that player, and then how do you address that with him? Do you basically give him the rest of camp off to avoid a first-game
1: injury? Lawrence Taylor, Keith Jackson, and Champ Bailey. (laughs) I mean, at Lawrence Taylor at North Carolina, uh, he was unreal – you knew the after you go in there to that first meeting after you practice, you know what I mean? And the, and the coaches talk about everything. And you know, Coach Bill Dooley, that's where I got that uh saying. He said, Do you one thing, boys? We're gonna cut their ass like boarding house pie with that guy over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Keith Jackson, I mean, I was already he'd already been there for. I just got there for spring practice, but uh, I went out there and watched him, and just and then Champ came in here the first day. He jumped out of the building on a vertical jump and ran like a I don't know what forty. And then went out there and played. We were playing him at safety in a two deep, just because he's been you know he played corner safety, but Champ is stallion.
2: From Doe Run Boy, Coach, have you seen a big difference in what Coach Fran teaches the cornerbacks compared to Coach Adai? In addition, what young players do you see stepping up and making a major contribution in the secondary?
1: Well, every coach has got his own personality and his own style. I mean, you got to be yourself, recruiting, on the field, meeting wise everything. But uh, I've been very impressed with Fran, it, it just his demeanor, his is ability to uh, – Make corrections, but not waste time on the field. And you know, you're kind of under the uh, tremendous microscope here when you know you got Kirby Smart among the best defensive backs coaches ever with his record at Alabama and then Mustamp National Championships uh, coach as a defensive coordinator and uh, safeties and knows all about it. So, yeah, I look at it like if I'm a coach, I'm going to use that to my advantage. I'm going to learn and everything they can tell me and take it out there and, and watch the tape with them and say, how can I get better? And How can I make my players better? Don't be sensitive about it. Uh, I'm not saying some guys were, but uh, some guys sometimes a little bit uh, intimidated by coaches that have that much ability. But I would say he's just uh, above the curve here coming in, his knowledge, because he's been with a really good defensive coach, Greg Siano. when you look at his background as a defensive coach at all the places, Ohio State, Miami, Rutgers now. I mean, a very good tactician, a good coach. So, uh, we got a good guy there. And the one point about that question about the pres- freshman and what do you do with them the rest of the spring, the rest of the camp, I mean, you just go out there and challenge them every day and say, look, uh, you know, success is measured in degrees. Success for somebody just being pretty good. Success for somebody like you is being dominant player every play and I'm on I'll be on your ass make sure you don't do anything but be your best so uh, I told Keith Jackson I said you keep going like that we'll just let you return punts too just so we (laughs) get the ball to you so uh, uh, you got to challenge good players and make them better
2: Uh, Walt Dog asked, who are the starters at left guard and right guard for the opener? So we touched that. Thanks for producing the show, Walt. Uh, And then Pierce Outlaw said, who do you see the two deep in the secondary? We discussed that last week, so go back and find it. The Dean also asked, will UGA run as many exotic blitzes as it did last year since this year the front seven is a little younger? Good question. I
1: think we probably won't see quite as much uh, different looks from our defense because you got to develop your identity. First of all, personnel. Are you going to run a lot of nickel defense? Or are you going to run dime where you have the money back in as the extra star? Are you going to How much of that are you going to do? And I've talked in previous shows about I think we probably see more of that than maybe base defense because we're going to be playing uh, ahead of schedule. We're going to be ahead so much that people are going to have to play from behind and throw the ball more. And so we might see some some blitzes, but I, I would say – a combination of a lot of coverages in the back end. I don't see us playing a lot of pure man early where you just come with seven, six, seven-man blitz because that gives a team that's maybe a little inferior a chance to make one one guy one-on-one can control the game. I mean, you got to make all 11 beat you. So maybe some zone pressures and a lot of inside stuff. But the real key to our defensive pressure is going to be People are gonna be staying up nights how they're gonna block Jalen Carter. So that's gonna free Bill and uh, Smith off the edge and these linebackers running through. Jalen might not have quite as many stops as as everybody else, but they're going to put, you gotta put two people on him. It's just not fair if you go one on one. He's <laughs> watching watch it's it's not fair.
2: That's it from the event, Roddy, why don't you give a shout out to Athens Ford and Academia. And then after that, we'll come back and run through uh, our YouTube comments real fast.
0: Yeah, I want to mention it over Academia. There's always something going on. And um, they at their uh, Facebook page, they put up a calendar for the week. So today it's Trivia Tuesday starts at seven o'clock. You can win uh, $40, $30 or $20 for the first, second, third place uh, winners. Ah, uh, Wednesday they have wine. Wednesday they have three ounce pours of any wine from their brand new wine list, and uh, they have these great charcuterie boards. Charcuterie, hey, it's beef and salami and cheeses and meat on a piece of wood. Salami. So yeah. that's what it's, I don't teach me new words because <laughs> I can't say them. Uh, Thursday they have live music with Scott Shiflet, so uh, swing by on Thursday. They almost always have uh, live music over there. Uh, also, Thursday's also bike night. Uh, so check out uh, the motorcycle groups over there. The uh, Lita's Athens will be there. Uh, so, again, live music, great food and beer. And then uh, Sunday they have a car show. And of course, they have the beer and brisket brunch on uh, Saturday and Sunday. But uh, from uh, 12 to 4, you're going to see some of the best uh, cars in all of Athens. There are a lot of great, uh, fantastic rides out there. Of course, Academia has their own vehicles you need to check out as well. And if you want to go early, they actually have an early bird special for folks from nine to 11 AM. So that is this Sunday. They do the car show the first Sunday of every month. So now that we're in August and uh, uh, practice is about to start in 48 hours, uh, don't miss the car show over at the Academy Brewing Company. And speaking of cars, uh, our friends over at Ford have a ton of new and uh, pre-owned vehicles for you to choose from, but you know, People say, why why should I get one there? Why shouldn't I go to some other dealership? Or why shouldn't I go uh, my dad's best friend's brother's cousin's uh, neighbor has a used car lot, you know, over in Winterville? No, go to Athens Ford because you'll get the Athens Ford Advantage. That gives you a uh, lifetime powertrain warranty that you can't get anywhere else. 100% price protection guarantee. Uh, You won't find that very, very many places. Courtesy service loaners, if for any reason you need a uh, service in your vehicle, they have a loaner for you. So you're not having to go out, rent a car, and stuff like that. A 72 hour exchange policy. You can go in, buy a car, 90 minutes or less. You're not out. To sp- hey, it's not one of those things you have to spend all day at the. Uh, dealership trying to get the financing and all that stuff squared for they are super fast super courteous and they will take great care of you and if you need uh if you're a bad driver like some friends of mine, uh, they also have a uh, factory certified body shop so they can go out there and uh, fix that up for you as well so uh they're certified by ford nissan mercedes-benz and volkswagen so uh you can bring in just about any wreck to athens ford and they will take care of it so hit them up when you get a chance and um academia brewing company and Athens Ford are very close by. So if you want to go get your oil change, drop it off at uh, Athens Ford and then uh, swing by academia and have a beer. Good plan.
2: Alan Hampton on YouTube is catching his first live show from the beginning. So thanks for doing that, Alan. Uh, we enjoyed the live audience that we have. Uh, he says, coach, what's your take on Dejan Edwards at running back? I know that he's been mop up duty to this point, but Alan likes him.
1: Alan. Thanks for watching live there, Alan. I think he's uh a very uh, crafty type runner. He got good quickness. And, you know, the one thing, if you, if you're a good tough guy, even though you're smaller, you can really make a lot of yards inside behind big linemen because they can't really see you. I mean, realistically, it's uh, even sounds a little funky, but you can get back there and you can get behind these big old guys and you can make these cuts. And by the, the, you know, let's say that uh, Dane's blocking Roddy and he's got him like this. And, He's trying to get off – Roddy's trying to get off the block. Well, you can't see the guy when you get off the block. So, he's good at that. And then he's got the ability to bounce outside. You saw a couple times in the spring game things were clogged up and you had the quickness to jump out. And he's just a good change-up from those other two. You know, Milton's a hammer and tongue, pound guy, but he's got speed too and explosiveness. And then McIntosh is just kind of like – you know, Mitchell, I mean, he, he, he uh, Sony Michelle, I mean, he, he can just do so many things catching the ball and uh, make the big catch too. I mean, when you look at some of the catches he caught one handed or behind him, he's just uh, really good. So we got a good situation there. And I think there'll be a role for Edwards, special teams, everything, but uh, he, he's a good kind of guy. You can slip in there, you know, like Swift wasn't playing a lot when you had Chubb and Michelle, but he, he got in there and, and did some good things, and that's what we can do with uh, Edwards. It's, it'll be good to uh, spell these guys, but he makes the defense worry because he can make first downs, and that's what I like in a back. I mean, he, hits I, talk- like a <laughs> I talked to Bill Parcells one time about drafting backs and everything. He said, look, everybody in the de- on the defense up here can run, can hit, you're not going to hit a lot of big plays as a running back in the pros. Occasionally you might. He said, what I want is a guy that can make four and five yards or make the first down when we got to have it. I'm not even near as worried about a home run running back because you can't hit home runs up there. It's just hard to make long runs in the pros. That's just the way it is.
2: Speaking of running backs recruiting question, this came from UGA alum 95 who tweets us often uh, says uh, with UGA running back recruiting in 2023, it seems like Georgia has been taken to the woodshed by Nick Saban. So what's the latest with Georgia running backs in 2023 recruiting?
1: Well, we certainly lost two good backs there. You know, we we thought we were going to get James, but uh, it didn't work out. And uh, you know, the the other guy, Richard uh, Young was already committed to Alabama. And he's been been with them for a long time, so uh, I don't know that we were. We certainly didn't get the either one of them, but uh, I would say we got a good running back situation, uh, and we're going to be okay this year. And we could probably take a transfer. Uh, you know, Alabama running back room was kind of depleted. They they picked up the kid from uh, Rome who was playing at Georgia Tech, and uh, now these two guys here. But there's a long way to sign him. Date, but you put yourself in uh, in uh, the situation where where you've got a guy that your dad has a, a, been a player at some place and got a history, and a lot of times you just want to make your own legacy there. And I think sometimes the other schools are putting out, "Hey, why don't you just be your own man? Don't follow your dad and all." That. And sometimes that's what happened. But we didn't. We weren't taken to the woodshed. I mean, uh, maybe you could say that because we lost them, but uh, we certainly were there with them.
2: Chuck Ward says coach congrats on having yet another player inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame do you have a favorite story about Richard Seymour Uh, back on on our YouTube channel if y'all search coach and I did uh, a Richard Seymour exclusive show just about him and and the stories from that so there's more to the well there but if you've got something for a few seconds on Richard Seymour
1: yeah I mean Richard very deserving had a great pro career uh, and he did good job for us here at Georgia and uh, it's going to be be nice Saturday night up there for him to be uh, honored. I noticed where he's got his high school principal is going to put him in as far as the, the, the guy that's going to introduce him. But, uh, you know, I guess the story I'll talk about again is when uh, first year he was on the, our team and we we're playing a home game with South Carolina and, you know, our team wears practice shoes and has home new shoes that they wear uh, game shoes. And, uh, we didn't have any game shoes for Richard because his foot was so big. And uh, I was raising heck with the uh, managers and everything why we didn't have them and all. And I said, well, call some of these other schools. And sure enough, we called South Carolina who we were playing. And uh, the guy said he had a size 18. I think it's 18, 18 or 19. And he sent the uh, UPS or FedEx or something of the uh, shoes up here. And then we painted our red swoosh over that uh, – cardinal look that they had, and
0: Richard was happy. <laughs> That's one of my favorite stories about it. Uh, i give you one real quick, was taking a picture of him and uh, Stroud together, trying to trying to light both of them for the cover of Bulldog Magazine. Never felt like such a damn midget in my life. <laughs> <It's Yeah>.
1: just, <laughs> you know, Josh Millard, who was a really good player for us. I, I People talk about our, our effective players. He was he was outstanding. He was drafted and played in the pros, and we had a Marlis Leroy and uh, Jonathan Sullivan, and just one guy after another inside the, you know, some really good. But first week of practice, we were out there. And we, back in the old days, we used to have those fields, levels of the fields and had a cement wall there, and guys would go over there and rest. And uh, he said. Uh, he and Richard were over there, you know, playing on the scout team. And they were both standing, sitting down over there in between plays. And Richard said to him, he said, I don't know about you, Josh, but we're on the scout team, but I think I can kick the shit out of those guys in front of me. So, so, uh, and Josh said, let's go do it. So, uh, you know, he's a 17, 18-year-old freshman. He might not have said that exactly, but Josh tells a story about so they went out there and they just, just dominated their offensive line. So uh, we knew we had good players.
2: Let's uh, wrap with uh, three quick more things. Woody Tripp, been watching, said, I love the show. Can't wait for the season. My youngest is headed back to Athens for his second year in two weeks. Congrats. Those are memories you don't get back. So I uh, hope he has a great time as a student here at UGA. Uh, we had one down here toward the bottom. It was about Mississippi State. Send
0: him by for an internship. We'll put him to work.
2: The Middle Georgia UGA Dog Pound said, I'm most concerned playing Mississippi State. Do we have enough defensive back to cover five receivers?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's
1: going to be a long time out there, but it always worries you about Mississippi State because they throw that short stuff and they throw it on time and you really can't rush the passer. And we saw that with Will Rogers here two years ago. I mean, that's the way they do things. And it's very, uh, very hard to be patient because if you start trying to blitz them, they know so much about running routes and reading it. That's what happened with Texas A&M. They beat them over there this year. Uh, they just uh, – but we got plenty of defensive backs. It's, it's just a question of uh, the best way people have stopped Mississippi State to this point under Leach is drop – and people don't like it, but drop eight, break on the ball, and keep the ball in front of you and hope they get a penalty or you knock one down and then you get out get out there. But they, they got a very effective offense, a very effective And you talk about students uh, – and, and their loyalty. Uh, I was at a place the other day when uh, the day Richard Young uh, committed to Alabama, and there was a young guy there that had a was had an Alabama shirt on, and I guess he recognized me, and he said, "Coach," he said, "I'm so and so. I go to Alabama." He said, "We're destroying y'all in recruiting," and I said, "Who's we?" You know, <laughs> and uh, he said, "Well, you know, Alabama football." I said, "Well." just the way you look at it and everything. So I'm sure he said, but we're getting ready to, you know, take over uh, back like we did. And I said, maybe you will. And I said, what do you do? Uh, are you part of the team or something? And he said, no, I'm just a student. And I said, well, you use weed like you're going to really do it. So, so <laughs> these kids, you know, that's the way they are. It's their team. But they read about recruiting and they talk about it. And uh, they think getting Justice Haynes was a big deal. And then, you know, they, they certainly got the uh, – the, the safety too, which, you know, we, we knew that was going to be a hard fight, but uh, it, let's see what happens in the next three years. You can't base it on one recruiting class.
0: Yeah, and, and give me the state of Georgia with Kirby Smart, And uh, we were just talking about Fran Brown earlier. Recruits love Fran Brown. They talk about him all the time. They but He's, um, he's done a good job. Yeah, and then, this, he's
1: opened some doors for us in areas that we, or have tried to get in, but, you know, every high school has uh, these coaches that the kids rely on, and if you've got to end with a coach, uh, that, that, let's say Roddy's a high school coach and Dane's a recruiter, and he, you got a lot of confidence in him, regardless of where he ends up. If You he, he still know that that guy's going to be the kind of guy you want your guys to play for, and Kirby has that kind of mantra around the country. They know Kirby's going to do what what he's – Says he's going to do, but now you got Fran Brown introducing them to some new areas in the Northeast. You got Stacy kind of reassessing some of these offensive linemen that he already
0: knew through recruiting at quarter when he was in North Carolina, and then uh, you know we just I think. And then you get your you got your home run hitters and Dell McGee and Scott Sherman and Glenn hey, and- Sherman. is in the
1: staff help you. I mean. You get some new, uh, new blood in there. So, but, uh, I, I, would, say, say this, I would say this to Georgia fans here realistically going into this season, there, there's certainly going to be some uh, question marks. No question about that. I mean, you, you got lost some good players, but I guess this is, I mean, I've been here since 96 or something like that, but I, I feel good about uh, our, our talent level and, uh, if you just watch our team come off the bus or come off the plane or walk into the stadium, you're not going to see a prettier-looking team in the country. Yeah,
0: And Alabama may have a good recruiting class in 2023. I think Georgia's going to have a good recruiting class in 2023. I think it's going to be a top-five class. They're, they've moved up. They had a heck, heck of a July. You talk about the guys they missed, but then when you land the Jamal Jarrett's and guys like that, it's been pretty impressive so far. Linebacker, We got linebackers. Woo. Yeah, and then and – then, oh, yeah, I saw C.J. Allen yesterday. I was actually down his way, and uh, I was like, hey, Jed, which – never mind. I was going to ask, which one – what number is he? I <laughs> didn't need a number. I to looking down the field for two seconds in Lamar County. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, yeah there he is. So I uh, got a good 2023 class coming in, but I was going to say the state of Georgia for 2024, that is going to be a knockdown, dragout battle because that is a unreal – yeah, enough of talent in the class of 2024. So I'm like, if, if this guy thinks that if, if Alabama comes and starts pulling those kids, then I, I'll, I'll say Georgia's taking a step back. But until then, and you, the fact you've already landed a five star basically tight end and nine car for 2024. I ain't worried about Georgia's recruiting. That's one thing I'll never worry about under Kirby Smart. So yeah, you're smart, man.
2: And last thing the hard this way. show, uh, this was mentioned by multiple people in the chat, but we share our love with the family of Georgia great running back Lars Tate, uh, who passed away, I uh, believe it was yesterday, but Man, multiple I people.
1: I hate, hate to hear that. That's a tough deal. Uh, great
2: running back for the Dogs in the, in the late 80s and uh, just a really athletic family. When his kid was a really high-drafted baseball player, right?
1: Yeah, you look at some of these backs over the years. I mean, Worley, I mean, good players, boy.
0: Well, Tate's always in that like top five discussion, you know, that's,
2: you talk about a weight room beast. I mean, some of those stories I've heard are pretty legendary with that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I mean, I would just say this about athletics in general and, uh, playing sports. So many people on this site played sports and, uh, whatever, whatever it was, you, you know, you had to, to learn how to be on a team and be part of it. And, um, Saturday, I had a chance to go to a little bit a little deal with some of the players that play for me at, at uh, Marshall that live in the Atlanta area and some contiguous states. So Decided to have a little get together, and uh, or there's nothing like seeing your old players. You know, I get to see a lot of them here in Georgia. Come back like August twentieth. Kirby's going to have a ask the Letterman to come back, and you get to see him. But the best thing about going to something like that. They still call you coach. <laughs> you're their coach, no matter what, you're the guy. And they come up and tell you, some of them, one guy said, Coach, did you like me? <laughs> he said, I never, I never thought you liked me. And I said, Well, <laughs> I say, Yeah, I don't really, I don't know if I really liked you or not, but I always thought you're a good player and I was hard on you. But you know, sure I liked you, but I didn't like you as much then as I do now but that's what his question was to me And it, it just uh, I'm, I'm not doing anything but just telling everybody that uh, it, it's always good to be on a team and the values and the hard work and the sacrifice that you learn carry over into whatever you do in the rest of your life and, uh, and we've talked about this seeing some of these players come by practice and all that but uh, you hope you've had a little bit of of, uh, you know, guidance that's helped these guys, but what you see, them, what they've done with some of these guys have turned out to be unbelievable, uh, successful guys that I wouldn't think would be, but, uh, normally speaking, I would say this, if a guy was a turd in high school, he's a turd now.
0: <laughs>
1: they usually don't change much, but occasionally guys see the light and, uh, it, it makes you feel good to have something to do with it. And I'm not doing any bragging there except to challenge everybody to always be thankful that you were able to play a sport or be a part of a band, a high school band or glee club, where it was. Some of the things that you did it certainly helped you get ready for the rest of your life. I
0: agree. I agree look back at uh, the little kids you know my my son's about to go to uh, UNG to join the core cadets up there and when they had graduation I see some of these kids I coached when they were in like first through seventh eighth grade and uh it's not hey Ollie's dad it's hey coach I'm like I ain't coached you in four or five ten years but that that when you say it you just that kind of warm glow that comes over you and uh, I know what you mean coach when they still refer you that way you know what uh I said, like, what, 20 years later, Coach? 30 years later for you? Oh, 92. 92, we uh, won the national
1: championship. And uh, so that's just, uh, that's somebody, funny.
0: 30 years later, and they're just like,
1: you know. Some of, guys, some of these guys have been eating a lot of their wives' biscuits. I can tell <laughs> <laughs> you.
0: Yeah. Hey, we all. Oh, big boys. Uh, we had a lot of comments over there. Thanks for everybody showing, sharing where they're watching from. I see Gary Holt from LJ and uh, Mickey Wilbank from Sand Mountain, Alabama. And uh, Lost Mountain, Georgia, is that a real place? I'll,
2: I'll look it up while you were
0: at the show. I saw, hey, I, I passed by Potato Creek the other day and Meansville. Uh, yeah. Lost Mountain
1: is in Cobb County. Yeah, I, 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 didn't know, I didn't
0: know there was a Meansville, Georgia. I feel bad now. But. Have you ever been to Altamaha, Ossipee? No, I've not been there yet.
1: Right outside Burlington in Alamance
0: County. <laughs> I mean, you got to. I've it. been to uh, Lick Skillet though. Mm-hmm. So all right, I mean, Go Rock Lake. So, all right, folks. Anyway, that's all the time we have for this week's show. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday. We will be talking Georgia practice. Hopefully, we'll have some. Uh, Good rumors and scoop from practice. If not, uh, we'll make some up and uh, share them on the podcast next Tuesday. Uh, Shout out to all our uh, sponsors. Of course, uh, Athens Ford, Your Pie, Academia Brewing Company, and Dead Soxie. And uh, we will see you next week. Take care.